Hello, beautiful people and wonderful listeners. Uh, the cave is currently under maintenance. I am doing some behind-the-scenes work. As you can hear, I am on my AirPods right now, not on my mic. Uh, so I didn't have time to record a podcast, but I would never leave you guys hanging. I have an episode of the End Block Press podcast. Me and Lee talk about Afghanistan and asynchronous warfare, a term you might not have heard before because we made it up. Check it out. I don't know if you're paying attention to the boys' chat, um, but the State Department just got hacked. No, no, I haven't. I really haven't been in there today, no. So the State Department just got hacked. Well, they're saying the hack's discovery was several days ago, or rather, they discovered it today. And that it originated probably from several days ago. I don't know how true that is or how they could ascertain such a thing. Um, The United States government OPSEC is really not what you imagine it would be. I probably don't have to tell you that. Um, But now my inclination is to say what, what usually happens in cases like this is that people always want to assume it's another government doing it, which is maybe, sure. They should also entertain the possibility that the same government is doing it interorganizationally. Sure. And um, there is there are floating theories about how it could be institutions within the military-industrial complex right. uh, that hacked the State Department either to provide distraction for or to obtain classified information regarding the locations, identities, so on and so forth, of individuals still in Afghanistan as a means either to hold those individuals hostage Mm. uh, or provoke the entry of more troops in order to extract those now compromised uh, entities. That's one theory uh, about what the hack could be if it originated inter-institutionally within our right. government. Sure. The other more weird, not even a theory, but a fact, this that this did happen, uh, and and we don't really know what it means or why, is on the seventeenth of August. Uh, a telegram message was sent out, and I can't track down whether or not it was sent out by McAfee's account or was sent out by individuals attached to McAfee's account. But a video appeared on some people's telegrams Hmm. of John playing the piano, as he does. Right. And underneath it were very Q-posting type things. Um, and one of the things that was said was brace yourself in 98 hours, the storm is coming today is the what? 21st. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That was the 17th. People have, well, not only have people confirmed that it was the 17th, but I personally witnessed this message go up on poll 
maybe the 18th. Okay. So before, so this wasn't doctored moments ago in order to create a, right. you know, right. a yeah, weird yeah. This tale is, this is, this end is, this to this current story. This has been at least around since the day I saw it, which was probably the 18th. Even if it was yesterday, it would be weird. Even if it was yesterday, it, right. it would be weird. But it alleges, and, and actually there are some people who took screenshots of it where it, it did, in fact, in, in Telegram, it will show you the date that the message is sent in a little bubble on top sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, it said the 17th. Uh, and I saw that on the 18th. So anyway, that was four days ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean... 24 times four is 96. Hmm. So... I mean, do you... Do you I, I don't know. Do you, do you have this weird feeling that like uh, just deeply, just like shit isn't right right now? Yeah, yeah, I think there's, I think there's a, um, like, if you're really asking me personally, yeah, I, I think there's a deeply demonic thing going on. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, like it just, um, you know, and and, and I, I mean, I don't even know if I'll put this in the episode, but I, I just like it just feels uh, unsettled. You, you know what I mean? Like I, yeah, there's I, a disturbance. Yeah, s- almost like, um, like. Imagine our ecosystem is a, a, a swamp pond and there's all the moss on top and it almost feels like somebody's just tapping their finger along in a straight line and kind mm. of disturbing the moss pattern. And it kind of feels like I'm one of those mosses just being pushed just a little yeah. by this unseen <laughs> entity. And I don't know what it is. I really don't. I, I go I go demons because I don't know what that even means. And it seems like a convenient way to weave a story together but i really don't know and i also don't know if the mcafee thing has any significance to the hack all i can tell you for sure is that it did in fact come out at least on the 18th alleging that something was going to happen in just under 100 hours from then and now we're getting news of a hack just around 100 hours since then yeah i mean the the unsettling thing i guess is that um either way like it, you know, it's either uh, some some force that may be nefarious that we don't understand uh, or just absolute like holy shit levels of gross ineptitude from, you know, the current administration with yeah. and, and, and I mean it like a like a skill set level, like just a managerial and practical skill set level because I mean the last. Uh, you know, seven, 10 days. I, I, I've never seen anything like it. I, I mean, the, you know, the initial response, um, like, like to 9-11, and there's like a symmetry here because obviously, you know, the wind down in Afghanistan is, is kind of, uh, you know, the other half of like 9-11, right? Um, right. So like the, the response to 9-11 seemed <laughs> strangely much more organized than, uh, you know, the exclamation point that's going to go on the, the, the pull back out, end, yes. you know, insane. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it's like leaving 88, 80, 80 to $88 million, billion dollars of military equipment. Yeah. Yeah. Is, but ap, I, is unfathomable to me. I don't, under, I don't, don't understand that. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, well, I do. I do. I I do understand that, <laughs> but it's just it, yeah. It's it's it, right. It's it's one of those things. I where don't like, want to. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're, we're like um, 
I, I think people on our like kind of uh, fringe of like the political spectrum tend to look at this stuff and just assume that there's like some coordinated effort uh, to be, you know, a bad actor or malignant. And it seems like the human factor of like, wow, maybe, you know, it's possible you guys just kind of suck at this uh, is creeping in a lot for me lately. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? It's very, uh, very strange. It it wouldn't surprise me uh, that the state department got hacked, but, but this is also, you know, so 24 hours ago, uh, the state department also imposed new sanctions on Russia. Correct. And that's the excuse they're going to use. Yeah, Correct. Right. Like, and, and, you know, in fairness, that may be, uh, I mean, that, that might be on the up and up. Russia has, has proven, especially recently, that they have the ability to kind of come and go as they please from our information systems. Um, you know, what was it, two, three months ago, the Microsoft Office hack, where they basically have access to everybody's Outlook and Word documents and all that, like the whole Microsoft cloud infrastructure for, uh, several agencies was just completely yeah, how weird that was for, for, yeah. for mm-hmm. an extended period. It's, it's not like they, they, you know, Russia went in and, uh, you know, was there for 20 minutes and we detected it and resolved the problem. I mean, these guys were just, they may as well have been state department employees for a few months. <laughs> so to think, hmm. you know, and you saw Biden's response to that overseas when he was talking about, uh, you know, we've given them a list of stuff that we're really going to be mad about if they uh, hack, right? It was like, you know, this this is the stuff that's right. off limits, uh, which seemed like a weird thing, you know, and it's, I, it just seemed like a weird way to approach it because it's like, it's obvious you don't actually have any power here. Uh, and we're kind of, we're kind of seeing that with the Taliban right now, where it's, it's like when the, when you go to the podium and you say like, Hey, the, you know, let me be clear. This is our policy on this. Uh, right now we don't seem to have much of a stick, uh, to, to back that up, you, you know? So it's like, uh, you know, the Russian, you know, uh, bad actors seem to just kind of have this in the palm of their hand. It wouldn't surprise me if this was legitimately just Russia, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it wouldn't going, surprise me either. It would be far more surprising if any of the number of things I just said were the actual case. But it, 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 yeah, it there's of, almost too much information coming out it, about yeah, things. Yeah. Too many webs to want to draw. Um, Occam's razor doesn't hold up most no, of the time, which no. is always concerning. You can't really rely on what used to be like an old wives yeah. tail sort of like yeah just rely on Occam's razor and it will tell you what roughly the truth looks like <laughs> right right and that's not real anymore so no. who knows yeah it's a uh, it's strange times but i mean we've got for sure uh you know no fear we've <laughs> old joe's at the helm uh steady as she goes Do- <laughs> correct correct now and that was the that was the other thing is i don't want to blow up joe I want to go home and see my wife. You remember that that guy? No. The oh, oh man, uh, did you not see this? Yeah, 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 North yeah, Carolina. Yeah. yeah, no, I saw that guy. Yeah, I want to go home and see my wife. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah what fucking obvious. agency did they pull that guy from? Right. Yeah, the obvious false flag. Uh, you know, I, but it's they're doing it's, everything they can, man. They're desperate to get back in there. That money are. has to keep flowing. They, they are, but it's like an interesting. Uh, they they have a real problem because. You know, no one took this seriously. Like as soon as it happened, Twitter was like, oh, it's, it's a false flag. Like it's, 
<laughs> immediately. This, this isn't real. Like this, this didn't immediately. Happen. You know, this isn't a genuine thing. Like this is, you know, some some guy. You know, this is like a junior special agent at the at the you know DOJ who got put up to this. Right. He drew the short straw, and uh, you know that's that. You know, like it's very uh, it's very naked at this point. Like the it's a emperor has no clothes kind of situation. And yeah, you know, but, but that makes it unpredictable. I guess that's what makes me nervous about it. Is, is that it's like, you know, who knows what what they're going to go to next? Right. Yeah. Correct. I I don't don't trust anything you see. You know. Just no. Trust trust only the sort of the things you can date. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Just right. things you know happened that day right. because right. Right. they were happening that day. <laughs> that's that's really all you can you can hope for. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's brutal. And, uh, I don't know who knows, who knows what the fuck will be going on by the time, you know, <laughs> we, we upload this. Uh, yeah, Jesus. yeah. I'm, I'm literally watching the news like a hawk. Yeah. Just watching yeah. it just because anything, anything could happen. And again, I don't take any of it seriously on its own, but the minute that like multiple sources start confirming it and then you can go, okay, maybe, maybe, yeah. but uh, I'm yeah. really literally watching it. The, timeline right now like a hawk because this in my mind this this latest hack uh is a is most definitely a crux of something and i don't know what but i know it's going to be relevant for quite a while sure yeah it wouldn't surprise me and i, and I almost um i don't know I, I almost get like an underlying sense that it's kind of uh you know they're kind of coming for biden on this like he's he's a pretty uh kind of you know pretty pretty ideal fall guy He's high enough, high enough ranking, but he's also at the the very end of his career where you could just yeah. kind of pin the last 20 years of malfeasance on this guy, send him off to the retirement mm-hmm. home and uh, say that you're holding yourselves accountable, you know? So, right. I, I, don't know. I think um, Carr had tweeted like maybe yesterday, like, do you really think Biden makes it the full length of his term? And I think the conclusion that I've come to, because again, things are so narrative. We've seen all the stories before that reality is starting to just mimic the stories we read. And I'd, I'm, I call it on this podcast and called it on the timeline. The move for me is that there's going to be a coup or something that is about as real as the January 6th one. That is to say, not a coup at all, but it is going to be the cap on the 20 years of ineptitude that you're talking about. And it is going to be enough to ceremonially impeach Joe Biden. Uh, They will either put Kamala in or Kamala will be serving um, publicly as the head of state for probably like two weeks. (laughs) <laughs> and then we get an election cycle. Um, that 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 thought popped into my head not long ago, and it really does seem like I, I'm not saying somebody's writing this story. I'm saying every day is a new reaction to the previous day's story that was already written, and really feels like we're just kind of moving towards that at this point. Um, so yeah, they are coming for Joe. Joe is going to be the scapegoat. Um, he was the whole time. I mean, they put in a guy who's mentally deficient on purpose, yeah, so that they could pin everything on him. And that is now, as you're seeing, what they're doing. 
Right. I mean, he's he's uh, the perfect candidate for it. I mean, all, Everybody all thinks right. the president does a lot more than the president does. Yeah. Right. And they've been convinced of that because of Obama, who everyone viewed as some kind of fucking superhero. And they've been convinced of that from Trump, who is elevated to the level of supervillain, despite him doing really nothing, nothing different from Obama. I mean, right. we can safely say that with 2020 hindsight now. And now we have Clinton 11, Bill Clinton 11. This is his Bill Clinton's 11th term in the form of Joe Biden. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just this is this the neoliberal order is sort of has a story that is written and the same playbook has been being used over and over and over and over and over again. And Joe is the latest um, falling act in that story. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I'm very curious to see where it all goes. Um, But that's about as much as I kind of have to say on it now, because quite literally I could, I could start getting far too esoteric (laughs) about the subject. Yeah. Yeah, Right. And there's other things to talk about. Sure. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would guess that you're you're probably uh, right in the ballpark with that. Uh, we'll of course see how it goes, but uh, you know that that also kind of seems to be like the most likely uh, scenario for me. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to have you on uh, to discuss a couple things involving uh, Afghanistan. Not not so much. Um, specific to like the last last few days but specific to the the whole conflict overall and uh why the american political approach and military approach to this uh was it was obviously you know it was not effective right uh it did not have the desired outcome and you know everyone uh is kind of uh, you, you know there, there's just take after take after take about this where you know, people are saying, oh, well, uh, you know, fuck them. If they don't want to protect their own democracy, uh, then, you know, why should we help them? Uh, all, the, right. all the way, you know, just all, all kinds of stuff that I don't think is an accurate, um, accurate overall take on why it failed. Like, the, the, like there's a million little reasons why it didn't go well and maybe how it could have uh, gone better or more efficiently or things like that. Obviously, you're dealing with a massive bureaucracy, so there's obviously inefficiencies. So I'm not saying that everybody who's saying this stuff is just completely off the money, uh, because there, there are a lot of problems, and there are people who can identify these problems. Uh, but I don't think it's the overall, uh, like overarching, uh, you know, mistake that we made. And when I was thinking about this, uh, you know, I remember. Uh, and, and to be clear, you know, for everybody listening, um, you know, I've, you know, fought in Iraq. I was in the infantry, uh, fought in Iraq in, uh, 2006, 2007, uh, never did Afghanistan. So I'm not posturing myself as like, uh, an expert specifically on, uh, the topography or the, you know, uh, you know, the people there or, you know, things like that, just to be clear. Um, but there's similar conflicts and, uh, they had different outcomes. Afghanistan obviously has been just an abject failure and uh, the war in Iraq kind of ended, um, you know, and, and most of the people listening to this are anti-war. So suspend 
I'm not here to discuss whether like the war was uh, right or like the ethical thing to do or the, the right call. Um, I'm just looking at this, like suspend that. I'm looking at this from a standpoint of was uh, what we set out to do. Uh, did we do it? And was that, uh, did we end up being effective at that? And in Iraq, um, to an extent, like, yeah, like the, the, I, yeah. Yep. you know, without a doubt in Afghanistan, no. Um, and I think nope. there's a big reason. It's funny. Why. You'd, you'd have think the opposite, like a much more easily called, not as advanced, not as politically intertwined society. You would think the United States could just come in and steamroll it, concrete over it, install your, you know, liberal dictatorship right, move forward right, right. it was actually i think it was you who said this and i started looking into it. i was like he's absolutely right that it actually was much more easier to play the old roman game which is kill the head of state knock that out bribe the rest of them with lots of money to install your new head of state and right. that is precisely what happened in in iraq and, and it and it worked to the purposes of the individuals who are running that operation yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. And, and um, yeah, it, it, you know, that is, I think, you know, that's uh, like I said, I mean, I, I tweeted that. So that's obviously, you know, what I think is the case here. I think there's some uh, prerequisites that existed in Iraq that, that were different in Afghanistan. And I think as a country and as like, um, as an organization, I think the military misread it. Um, because it's easy, it's, you know, it's easy to look at, uh, you know, the Middle East and just say, well, this place is backwards. Uh, it's, you know, they're a thousand years behind us and these people are all idiots. And so they're all the same. And, uh, you know, we're, we're just going to do this. And obviously that didn't, uh, you know, that didn't shape up to be the case. I think there's a lot of hubris uh, by the U.S. military uh, about how this was going to go. And in Iraq, obviously, uh, Saddam Hussein was a totalitarian leader, uh, which, you know, is kind of, is different from the Taliban. That's a, you know, obviously uh, the Taliban is a supreme authority, but, you know, it's a network of people. Um, and obviously they have like a head of state, but it's just, you know, there's not, you know, the same type of uh, infrastructure that you saw for like um, systems of control, like, like uh, prisons and torture chambers and stuff like that. Right. Um, right. You know, so Saddam Hussein was a very traditional, um, just head of state, and we went in and we we killed him, and not only did we kill him, but we also killed his sons. Um, yep. And it was a big display. I mean, we killed Saddam Hussein. You know, the whole world uh, saw the video of this weak, feeble old man uh, swinging from a rope, and we killed his sons in ground combat. I mean, they saw U.S. soldiers around these guys' house shoot it out and kill these guys in the street, and uh, that's old school. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, you know, a, a rifle platoon went out on a Lindy walk and they killed Uday and Kusei Hussein. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, that is, that is Lindy. It's, a, it's effective if your goal is to eliminate the head of state and install your own guy. And, yep. um, you know, the U.S. military was able to do that. There's also, um, the fact that I, Iraq has, uh, you know, Saddam Hussein's secular leadership was kind of required because the country is divided uh, deeply between Sunni and Shiite Muslims. Mm. And so you have that uh, kind of organic disharmony that you can prey upon if, if you are an invading force um, in the same right. way that Amazon, you know, doesn't, doesn't want its workers to unionize. Um, 
you also, if, if, if you're invading a country and it's like, okay, well, these guys already hate these guys and they're going to fight no matter what. Well, that's great. Um, you, you know, if, if you're the invading force, cause you can easily exploit that. Um, and so we, we had kind of the desired outcome kind of, you know, obviously ISIS was a little hitch in the road there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Some know. would say it was a DLC. you know but but ultimately the government that we wanted to install in iraq is is still there as this podcast uh is going to air now it's probably not the government now just wait until 98 hours from now and that's going to (laughs) change yeah yeah (laughs) right right and and to be clear i don't think that that government is going to uh stay there like i I think eventually it, it will get replaced because this is not this is not what these people want no, not like, like, like in the long run, you know, and, and that's fine. Uh, you know, I don't think either of us are particularly uh, democracy respecters. And, uh, you know, I don't blame. I love the stuff, Lee. I can't get enough. <laughs> Just I give me more democracy. democracy. Right. Give me all, much more. Give me all <laughs> right. of it. Crank it up to 11. So I can uh, put it in a in a crate and launch it in, on, into the moon. <laughs> into the into the black cube of Saturn. <laughs> that's yeah, right. The, that's the only that's the only thing that can destroy the cube. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the democracy we've got. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in Afghanistan, uh, you know, it was a different uh, approach when we walked in. Like the the Taliban did, did not do nine eleven. I mean, it needed nope. the Iraqis, uh, but. <laughs> Uh, no, neither. That's very funny. I was talking to a friend of mine today, and he was like, "Can you run through the whole Afghanistan thing for me?" My brain blew up because I was like, "I don't." That's an insane question. I don't even know where that. How to be? How does one begin? But he was like, "Well, the Taliban like didn't they like you know attack the World Trade Centers?" I was like, "Okay, that's a great place to start. Let's yeah. start there." <laughs> right. right. <laughs> you know. Uh, you know. So so they didn't, and uh, you know, Al Qaeda. Uh, you know, I mean, if you're going to take the the uh, let's not take the black pill. Let's just do the red pill. If you're going to take the narrative that Al Qaeda uh, was ultimately responsible and Osama bin Laden was ultimately responsible for uh, 9-11, uh, that's fine. So so you have to ask the question like, well, why, uh, you know, 20 years later, why are we losing the Taliban? Um, and I think obviously it's because we misread the situation. I think there's some hubris there. Um, but fundamentally, uh, you know, the question seems to be like, okay, well, even if you're wrong, uh, shouldn't you still win this fight? Right. Like given the, the capability of the U S military and the financial, you know, uh, basically unlimited, well, money, uh, global ability to project power, uh, you know, shouldn't we have come out ahead on this? At, at least from a, like a, Again, not an ethical standpoint, because I don't think that's what we're, you know, we're not talking about that. We're just talking about from a practical standpoint, shouldn't we still have won? Uh, and I think the reason we didn't win, and I, and I haven't seen this term used widely before, especially in this context, I did a Google search for this. And it's something uh, that, for lack of a better term, I'm just going to call it asynchronous warfare. Okay. Now. Okay. I, Right. So asynchronous, um, you know, just means that these are two things that are, um, basically existing, you know, it's at separate times. They're, they're, they're out of sync with each other. Um, now this is different from another term that 
a lot of people listening to this will be familiar with, which is asymmetric warfare. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So for anyone not familiar, um, asymmetric warfare has kind of been a, um, a buzzword in, uh, in the industry for lack of a better term, uh, since, you know, since, you know, at least nine 11. Uh, and what that means, it's, um, it's basically a type of war, a type of combat where there's a huge difference between relative military power. Okay. So you have, um, like a conventional military, a superpower, um, you know, a uniformed military, um, fighting against like an insurgency or, or, or a resistance movement that is at, um, a comparative disadvantage in terms of, uh, men, weapons, technology, material, things like that. And, uh, you know, that was a term that, uh, the, the, the mil- the army itself has a specific unit, um, designated to, uh, to this concept and to mitigate, uh, the asymmetric advantage offered to insurgent forces. Um, and you, you guys can look this up. It's called the army asymmetrical warfare group. And it's this weird little spooky unit, um, out of Fort Meade, which some of you, uh, may recognize as the place where the NSA also exists. Um, and this is a unit that, you know, at its, at its apex was, you know, only about 400 people strong. So, you know, small, small unit, um, doing stuff, uh, you know, special types of stuff, right. Boys chat stuff. Right. Right. Um, so, so their, you know, their whole mission was to go around and, uh, you know, figure out what asymmetric advantages that our opposition on the ground was using. So, IEDs, um, EFP explosives, uh, you know, primitive, uh, project projectile systems like mortars, uh, or like rocket launchers, things like that. And, uh, how this type of stuff is giving them an advantage against our weapon systems and against our TTPs, um, as the U S military, and that that's uh, tactics, techniques, techniques, and procedures. Um, so, so the army, the, the Marines, any, anybody is going to have a constantly evolving set of TTPs. So that, you know, there's kind of a playbook to react to uh, given scenarios. Um, and L. Paul Bremer, um, this was also, you know, a term that he liked to throw around in Iraq uh, to describe what was going on. And it was it was kind of uh, there were some people this wasn't universally accepted, but there were some people who viewed um, asymmetric warfare as um, our biggest hurdle. Right. So, like, you've got this, right. you know, big old truck that's, you know, five million dollars and it's covered in armor and the latest technology and stuff like that. And then it gets taken out, you know, by a Nokia cell phone and a 20 year old howitzer shell. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's, there's obviously an asymmetry there. And we spent a lot of time, we spent a lot of money, spent a lot of uh, think tank energy, um, a lot of blood, you know, basically playing this game for the duration of GWAT, you know, as, as to how the United States as a conventional force, uh, you know, a, a uniformed infantry force driving in marked vehicles um, was going to be able to overcome uh, these partisan forces of like Al Qaeda, Iraq, uh, ISIS, the Taliban, uh, you know, any, any of these groups. And, you know, in, in a lot of ways, we, we kind of were effective at doing this, but we still lost the war, right? Like, like we, we were able to generate, uh, to produce vehicles that were survivable, right? Like, you, you know, an MRAP can still get hit 
with an IED and your odds are pretty good um, that you're going to survive. It's not guaranteed, but it's, you know, it's a pretty effective vehicle for getting blown up. Um, (laughs) You know, and we did okay there, but we still lost the war. And that's because I think, um, I think that the asymmetry is not what we should have been focusing on. I think that this is asynchronous warfare because this group of people, and I don't mean this in a, a derogatory way, but they don't exist uh, to the same level of like modernity that we do from a technological standpoint. And so these systems that we use to control people, and this is why I wanted to have you on because you're better read on this stuff, mm-hmm. uh, simply aren't effective against, yep. against people like this. Uh, you know, and, and I don't mean, again, I don't, I, I've, <laughs> I have, you know, more respect for the average Taliban, you know, ground soldier than I do for, you know, people like Joe Biden, just to be clear. I don't, I don't mean this to say that this is like, uh, you know, these people are backwards or anything like that. Cause they obviously just, you know, pretty much beat our ass for the last 20 years in Afghanistan. And, it, you know, I think the average American response is to just you know, say like, well, we need to nuke these goat fuckers, but, but realistically we should think about everything that we, you know, they, they basically took everything we threw at them and it really didn't phase them. Like, like they're going to be stronger than they were, uh, you know, on nine 11, the Taliban's probably going to be in a stronger position than they were, uh, on nine 11, 2001. So I think yeah, we need to consider that. Without a doubt. Uh, you know, so with 80, with 80 to 88 billion dollars worth of more equipment, <laughs> if anything was going to bring them into our modernity, it would be that equipment. Right. Right. Uh, you know, so I wanted to have you on and kind of, um, you know, see if you can poke any holes in this because, you know, it helped me shape this uh, idea about asynchronous warfare. So, uh, you know, let's look uh, for the audience. Can you offer just a quick synopsis of the the idea of biopower? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, Well, what's really interesting is that we're seeing biopower happening effectively against us far more than it ever was against Afghanistan. Um, Biopower is the simple uh, concept. Uh, I think it's Foucault who kind of formalizes it. I don't know who comes up with it. It might have been Foucault. But it is essentially... um, Well, it's a system of control. Uh, So the postmodernists were really concerned with figuring out what the systems of control were in society at the time that uh, kept people repressed, uh, a.k.a. not willing to carry out a revolution against neoliberal capitalism. What was preventing the vast majority of people from understanding that they were repressed? And Deleuze goes one way, Foucault goes another way. I've been reading James Burnham, who's not a postmodernist in any sense, but very obsessed with the idea of reframing ideology into power. He goes another way. Everybody's got their own ideas as to what control systems uh, do exist, which ones are applicable. And every single one of them was built and thought out within the Western context. Um, And so that has to be kept in mind because any control system that was put together by some dude in France only really thinking about things going on in neoliberal capitalist societies in the West doesn't necessarily mean that any of those systems exist, work, or could even be unfolded in a place like Afghanistan, which is obviously not the West. And after 20 years of what they've gotten to experience from the West, will not be becoming the West anytime soon. Um, And so biopower is one control system theory, which is essentially 
that as individuals begin to move away out of the workplace, the traditional office space, which used to be a panopticon, used to be a place where individuals didn't know that they were being watched constantly, but had the idea, well, they didn't know when they were being watched, and so they had to assume they were being watched constantly, and that this was a provocation to fulfill the goals of the workplace. People don't know when they're being watched, and so they're more likely to behave themselves at all times rather than those who do know when they're being watched can misbehave when they know they're not being watched. Well, the next theory has to confront the issue, well, what happens when individuals are no longer kept and contained in offices, workspaces, prisons, when they're left to go free because society is just sort of opening up, spaces are being transcended, individuals move between spaces, how do we direct them between spaces? Biopower is one of those things. Biopower is very simply relies on the idea that human beings have a concern with maintaining their life. People want to be alive. People want to stay alive. People don't want to suffer. People don't like to suffer. And so biopower exploits that very human urge to want to maintain the self. And biopower does it specifically by the state's collection, classification, redirection, probably adaptation to various aspects of human health. And so instead of theory, the real thing that's going on is you've now got the West in particular. And since we're in the United States, we say the United States, absolutely. Um, the state absolutely of that country is developing these biopower systems of you know the 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 the, the most um, enlightened of the conspiracy theorists would suggest that a vaccine that isn't really a vaccine because it doesn't really vaccinate all that it does is provide therapy and the booster shots which come to provide continued therapy will have the effect of therapy which is to condition some people say quite literally in the fact that it could be gene modification. And some people say psychologically in the fact that you go and you get your shot every six months. What else can we do to you? Now we've got you there. We've got you concerned with taking the shot every six months because we saw that we could manipulate you into doing that. And so now we have you there. I'm more inclined to believe somewhere in between those two things. So biopower is a technology used by the state based on the human urge to preserve the self and the bodily health of the self in order to create control systems, which are ultimately boiled down to the state having the power to control the access to something. Because power, we yeah. must think... Is not a matter of intimidation. It's not a charismatic thing. It's a purely economic term, and it means access. Someone with more right. power than you is someone who is able to prevent you from accessing something within a market. That's what it is. It's the most 
material term that you could give to it. And so do with that what you will, Lee. But I, I think the very obvious thing, first of all, is if you're willing to risk life and limb for a goal, you have conquered biopower. There is no biopower for a person who wants to die. Um, that's, right. This is why suicide bombers in the early days of this war were so terrifying. This is why kamikaze pilots have such a place in American memory as one of the greatest threats that the Japanese had. A country which was more or less as technologically advanced as we were mm -hmm. at the time really rapidly had to become that way. Um, but was, why are they throwing planes into our ships? Aren't they afraid to die? Of course not. No, of course not. And that is always that that's the immediate debunking of biopower in totality is if the individual is, is willing to die, um, biopower has no effect on them. So yeah, do with <laughs> right. that what you will Lee. What does that make you think? Uh, well, I mean the obvious implication there, um, so there's, there's two, uh, number one, is it on just from a, a war fighting standpoint, like if you're on the ground, um, you know, when you're facing an enemy, uh, you know, not, not one that wants to die, right? Like the, the, you know, it's not like the Taliban or, um, AQI or any of these guys are like, um, you know, they don't have a, a death fetish. They don't want to die. It's that culturally, um, they view that as a different process than we do. Right. Well, like, I would actually stop you there. These are largely Muslim fundamentalists. Right. And there is a very famous verse in the Quran, which goes along the lines of how great, and I believe it's a quote from Muhammad, which goes along the lines of how great it would be to die in battle, to be resurrected again, to die in battle, to be resurrected again, to die in battle, to be resurrected again, to die in battle. Yeah. Right. And that's, um, I mean, that's, that's pretty based, but, uh, it's extremely based and it 100% informs <laughs> right. the ideology of these gentlemen well, it, who it, right, I do the, believe actually want to die. Well, I do believe, uh, that. it informs the ideology, uh, you know, of some of them certainly. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yes. The, in my but, opinion, but the most overall, effective amongst like, them. Oh yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No question. Um, no question. You know, but from a, a overall, uh, you know, standpoint, I mean, you just didn't see that uh, at scale, right? It's, it's not like we went into, in, into you know, uh, Afghanistan and then a million people showed up, uh, you know, to die in battle against us. It, uh, same with Iraq. You know, a lot of these guys, right. um, it, it, for a lot of these guys, it's, it's a matter of, um, you know, it's like how a lot of people in the United States will say that they're Christians, uh, but they don't go to church on Sunday, right? Uh, correct. You know, for, for a lot of the people, um, you know, like I said, at least in Iraq where I've been and spent uh, you know, a fair amount of time, uh, that's how they are on the day to day. You do have your fundamentalists who obviously, um, you know, are not afraid to die and do view that as like a glorious thing. Uh, you know, but the, as it relates to biopower, uh, that does kind of take, the wind out of our sails a little bit in terms of establishing these, uh, systems like these, these, uh, disciplinary institutions from like a social standpoint. Right. Uh, right. You know, Correct. we, we have, uh, like th this is, this is, you know, going back to democracy respecting, this is the, this is the reason why I think, um, the, the flimsy excuse that like, well, we're going to go spread democracy. People, mm -hmm. people hear that. And like a lot of people, mm -hmm 
you know, hear that as like a benevolent good thing. <laughs> right. right. Rather than right. like one of the worst threats that could be made against you. <laughs> I, I would actually posit that in 100% of the cases where that idea has been posited, the individuals who are receiving the democracy never want it. <laughs> right. And everybody else seems to. Right, right. It, and this gets into some very creepy stuff about what democracy is, which is, in, in, in my opinion, a weapon that is used to open societies to global markets. Well, it, 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 it absolutely is. I, I don't think there's – yeah, I mean I'm with you there 100%, like unquestionably to me. And, you know, it, it, it should be weird to people that there's this undeniably uh, vital correlation between national security and spreading democracy. Correct. You know, and so what that means uh, in specificity, like when we say spreading democracy, we're talking about uh, what instituting public school systems – judicial systems, prison systems, right. uh, IT infrastructures that support things like surveillance or social media, uh, a market uh, that sustains things like NGOs or special interest groups. Um, you know, a lot of people hear, oh, we're spreading democracy. And they, they just think about like, you know, you get to go vote uh, once every four years. And so, of, of course, right. they, would, they would love it if a column of tanks drove through their farm. Uh, you know, who doesn't like filling out a little slip of paper once every few years? Like that Snapchat <laughs> meme of the guy with the two possibilities. And it's, you get the death of your entire culture. I get money. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And, and so uh, we really rely on uh, instituting these systems so that we can exert biopower over, over populations. Right. And, and I say yeah. we, obviously not like you or you or I, but I mean, right. we, we, as we a, the West. As a, Right. <laughs> yeah. So, and we were not effective at doing this in Afghanistan, right? Yes. Like they, they, they basically just said no, uh, you know, softly, uh, you know, to be fair, I mean, the, the Taliban basically, uh, did the smart thing and they, they just basically avoided the head on conflict. Like this was a 20 year war of, uh, and that's not to say there there weren't a number of serious engagements, but this wasn't like, uh, you know, to your point about kamikaze pilots, this wasn't Japan. This wasn't Imperial Japan versus mm -hmm. the United States, uh, where it's a matter of like opposing generals, you know, commanding forces across a chessboard. They right. basically understood intuitively that like, well, you know, we're just going to, you know, kind of withdraw and um, be pretty fluid and dynamic. And um, frankly, for these guys, they, they correctly identified, and this is, you know, for people who say like, well, these guys are backwards goat fuckers. They intuited uh, with no formal education that they really just had to wait us out because they understood that our whole deal was predicated on the idea that we weren't there just to commit large scale genocide. Right. Right. They understood that like the only way to make these, for these guys to be successful is to, uh, you know, up win the hearts and minds, Lee. Win the hearts and minds. <laughs> right, right. The only, the only way these guys were going to win is if realistically uh, is through kinetic warfare. And that would mean that all this, you know, uh, authorizations from the United Nations and these bullshit like uh, AUMF doc documents that say you can go do this, but you can't do that. Um, and these strict rules of engagement 
policies and all this kind of stuff that was designed to be quote unquote friendly and, uh, you know, show a commitment to developing relationships with the Afghani population and all this type of stuff. They understood like, well, you know, if we just don't do this, like if we just don't get drawn into this, uh, they're going to lose. Right. And we couldn't see like the, you know, the weakness in that strategy, uh, at least not routinely, not consistently, not as a majority. You know, there, there were, of course, you know, some, you know, people who dissented. But so the the question of like, you know, instituting systems of social control, disciplinary institutions, keeping people in line, like you said, biopower, there, there's, you know, you, you go to work and you don't talk about politics because you want to keep getting right. a paycheck because you want to keep going to hang out with your friends on Saturdays because you don't want to step out of line because if somebody doesn't like it, the state has biopower and they're going to take away your income or your status or you were, right. you know, social credit basically. Um, and, you know, we weren't able to implement these systems, but it's not because these systems don't exist for the Taliban. It's that they exist in a kind of a different uh, time for lack of a better term. Right. Does that make sense? Like the Taliban, of course, has yes, systems, well, yeah, systems absolutely. of social yeah, disciplinary. Yeah. They, they have this one system of control. It's called Pashtunwali. Right. Right. And it's existed for thousands of years and it's not going to get toppled anytime soon. That That is their way. That's right. the way. Right. So, you know, we're coming at this basically, I think, from a different time. We exist in our time where you have yes. things like social media and surveillance states and um, the Southern Poverty Law Center saying that your Facebook group is a hate group or the, the ADL right. saying that you were going to close your, face, your, your PayPal account. Uh, right. or activist judges and things like this. Um, and that's, that exists in a different time, like you said, from you know their system of social order, uh, which has yeah. been there for thousands of years and is unlikely to change uh, at this point. I mean, that is, uh, you know, like, like it's an oversaturated term, but that, that is by definition, Lindy, uh, from like the original definition, not not the popular definition. No, like that is you know, something that stuff. right that has been around for a long time is more likely to continue being around. Um, right. Something that has only been around it, it's, uh, since it's their feudalism. It's their feudalism. I mean, right. I mean, we 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 have feudalist mindsets in uh, in the West today, and we have capitalism, which was meant as an escape out of feudalism, and some would argue mimics a lot of the same concepts of feudalism, we would never in the West adopt Pashtunwali, no matter how many uh, thousands of, 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 of billions of dollars were committed to uh, attempting us to do so. It would never occur. We would never start calling him Joe Khan, you know, Obama Khan. We would never start talking about, you know, the great ancient concepts of revenge against the wrongdoer. And it's just not, it's not our way. It's not their way. And uh, it's only systems that think that they can transcend, you know, very Lindy cultural beliefs that uh, attempt to do that to other people. Um, whatever that right. concept is, I, I, I won't use any particular names for it, but I think everybody can kind of understand what I'm hinting at. Um, certainly the adventurism was that it was going on an adventure into a culture that is completely unlike ours and mm -hmm. will not change anytime soon. And, and that's the main reason why I think it failed. Uh, what, right. what you're talking about here basically is that the, the, the entire Afghan society, which is defined by Pashtunwali, the Pashtun people specifically, I, I 
can't speak to the Balokis or or the uh, Hazaris or what whatever, but I can certainly speak to the Pashtun who are what sixty percent of Afghanistan, something yeah, like that. It's big, and the yeah. Taliban is largely made out of Pashtun men, uh, not all, of course, but mostly. Um, they they have committed themselves to an ideological system that has an, an ultimate principle, just like ours does. And so the idea that we were going to rebuild this culture from the top, from, from the bottom up just doesn't, it doesn't ring to make it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, we, we tried to give them, like you said, schools, prisons, <laughs> democracy without addressing the core of Pashtun Wali, we just kind of thought we could overlay those systems and then, and then have, then, you know, let them figure it out. Yeah. It was, and it was what happened was in a few weeks, it all collapsed. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was almost an implied sale where, where, you know, we just showed up and we we're just like, Hey guys, good news. Um, this is yeah. what you, this is what you've won. Um, right. Democracy. And, you know, they obviously could see, you know, these big tanks and planes and helicopters and machine guns. And they said, Oh wow. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, you guys wait here. I'm going to, I'm going to run up to this mountain real quick and, um, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll come right back down to register to vote when I get my ID, you know? Right. And, uh, <laughs> they just never came back. Uh, you know, and so we, uh, basically sat there and won, you know, on, on the ground, one engagement after engagement after engagement when there was engagements. Right. Um, but every one of those weakened our overall posture as a uh, benevolent, uh, you know, bringer of democracy right. uh, and increased the legitimacy of right. what existed before. Like, like compared to, uh, you know, li- liberal democracy, which is, uh, it does have some systems of anti-fragility, but not in this scenario. Um, you know, the existing Afghan culture, um, you know, it's very anti-fragile because it, because it, it, every travesty, every, every war crime, every act of violence, every act of coercion, every act of corruption, uh, degeneracy that the U S military, U S civilians, uh, allied forces, you know, conducts is just confirmation that these Correct. guys have always been right about the great Western devil and, um, mm-hmm. outside forces that want to abolish you and control you. And, you know, this type of thing, like this only, proves, you know, basically these guys write about what they were saying, uh, you know, as it, as it relates to the Western devil. And I just, you know, it, it how to, you know, so, so if you, again, not from a, a matter of ethics, cause I don't think it's, you know, an ethical consideration, but like from a practical consideration, like how do you defeat that? You, you know what I mean? Like our, our system, like what we have, yeah. Um, the, is, is useless against us. And, and the more we go to this, well, uh, the stronger, the, the, the belief of the Taliban gets, you know what I mean? Right. Every, every time that we open, uh, a women's gender study college and try and, <laughs> you know, try and create, uh, female Afghan doctors to offer, you know, to open a Planned Parenthood in Kabul, right. like, they're just vindicated the guys up the mountain. Right. Yeah. And- <laughs> just makes me think in the past 20 years, whose society changed more. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure that it's ours. You know, by without a doubt, yeah, <laughs> no by, question by, by a wide no margin. Question. Like, I, I mean, yes. I'm uh, unrecognizable almost. It, well, it is, and this is something you know. I was thinking about this, and uh, you know, I was, I mean, I was in tenth grade uh, when nine eleven happened. Like, I I remember it. I remember you know, the teacher turning on the TV and. Uh, you know, and, and when I look back at you know what was going on and what was common everyday life, language, culture for a 10th grader, you know, in 2001, uh, by today's standards, like, you know, basically everything would, would be considered alt-right. Everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or neo-fascist. Yeah. Let's go one right. step further. Right. Like, yeah. like, like my, my 10th grade biology class would be considered alt-right. 20 years later, you know, you know what I mean? Like it's unreal how much has changed on this side of the, the ocean. Correct. Uh, you know, and it's, uh, it's, it's tough to argue that it's gotten better. Uh, I, I would say no, without, yeah, it's without completely doubt, degenerated, right. That yeah. it's, it's gotten much worse, uh, you know, for, for us, for, for, you know, people who are not wealthy, people who are not political, uh, politically connected. Correct. Um, yeah. You know, and that goes back, uh, that, that's, you know, that kind of ties back to what you're talking about earlier about access. Uh, you know, things are probably better than ever if you, if you're connected at this point. I mean, there's, uh, like if you, if you were, you know, a well-connected hedonist, uh, there's no better oh, yeah. time to be alive. You know what I mean? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but not, not so much, um, for the other guys, you know? So, so, I mean, I think that's where, uh, because these two systems uh, exist, they both exist, right? There's both there, there's systems of of biopower. Um, there's there's a concept of a panopticon in both of these cultures, right? In the, the American culture and in Afghan culture, greater Islamic yeah. Middle Eastern culture. Correct. Yep. So there there's not there's not quite an asymmetry there, which is why I think that asymmetric warfare is is a misnomer for what we were fighting against. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like there's obviously differences, but I think the tendency of think tank types to just say, um, uh, well, you know, there's a, there's an asymmetry between, uh, this enemy and we need to, you know, do all this stuff. They really turned it into like this big fat brain. I've sent you some of these charts and stuff like that. that oh, I know they're insane. Yeah. I couldn't even read them. Like I read them yeah, and as, I as, read as them. if you could, as if you could do something like this and just turn it into like a, a an elaborate flow chart. And say like, Correct, well, this yeah. is this is how we're going to win. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a silly right. idea, yeah. um, you know. So I don't think there is as much asymmetry from a cultural standpoint as we uh, kind of banked on. Obviously, there was an asymmetry in a technological standpoint, uh, you know, in a you know like a fighting standpoint. Um, but from a cultural standpoint, I think this was asynchronous because these guys in time are not where we are coming from, and they're in a stronger position. Uh, than where we are at. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, without a doubt, as in, in the sense that they're, I mean, their culture isn't rapidly descending into a massive explosive breakup. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. They're not on the rocks in the same way. Right. Uh, not that, at all. That, that we are here at home. The Afghans are quite literally on the rocks. It's a very rocky place from what I understand. And yet they are on more solid ground probably than right. ever. Yeah. Right. And we, uh, we really threw all this energy into these things like um, doing just stuff that was not going to work and was never going to work. Like, are, are you familiar with, um, you ever heard of an aerostat? 
No. Okay, so this is something that's very popular um, and very evil. Um, an aerostat is it's basically a, a static aeronautic uh, feature. So, like, think a blimp, right? So, okay, what, what, yep. what, what we've been doing, um, and, you know, and, and I mean, we had these when I was in Iraq. This has been around. This is like a real, um, you know, popular thing for for companies like Lockheed Martin, um, where, you know, we build these um, little, there, there's different types of uh, military outposts um, that, that, you know, we use. There's a, there's a FOB, which is a forward operating base. There's a patrol base. There's a combat outpost. Um, and, and basically the only real difference is like size and scope of what goes on there. Um, so there, there are like, uh, you know, like if there's, there's a place called uh, like, uh, Cobb Spiker or um, LSA Anaconda, which are like little cities. Like like when uh, mm-hmm. you would pass through these places when you're coming or going from the United States. Like like if you're you know if they if you're there for 15 months, um, you know you get two weeks off some somewhere in the middle. So like you have to pass through these places. Um, they're also known as uh, theater gateways. So like coming in and out of theater, um, and it's like little cities. And then it gets smaller from there all the way down to like a combat outpost, which might just be like one platoon out in the boonies somewhere. And that's, that's mm, like much okay. more like frontline kind of, um, you know, kind of operation, like a, like a, a, a cob might have a Taco Bell and a, a store, um, and a Starbucks and a pizza hut. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a combat outpost is just going to be like, um, something you'd see on like starship troopers basically. Um, so what, what they do to, to create a advantage on the ground, um, using, uh, you know, like the concept of a panopticon, we take these blimps and we, we tie them, you know, we tether them up and, uh, just float them up, uh, up into the air. And it's, it's kind of outside of the scope of enemy forces to engage, right? It's too far up to shoot at effectively and and there's no air force to, to oppose it. And you put these advanced sensors on it. Cameras, thermal imaging, um, you know, laser systems, um, you know, all the stuff you would, you would expect to see in like a movie, um, on these things. So they have these big sensor arrays and, um, they just, they just record, they just film, they just film what's going on out in the city and, uh, or out in your sector, right? If you're, if you're, you know, uh, if your combat outpost is near a village, uh, you know, they're going to record what's going on in the village for in a city. They're I was going to say, and then these are targeted in order to, um, monitored, not the soldiers specifically, the, the, right. Yeah. They can be used. Quote unquote enemy combatants. Yeah. yeah right. Right. They, 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 so they surveil everyone, you know, you know how like, um, yeah. Uh, like if you drive somewhere, you're going to get your license plate scanned like 600 times. Right. Sure. Uh, it, it's, it's that idea. So we're creating this control system. Yeah. <laughs> and it will monitor everything that goes on every, every time a guy um, takes his, you know, his dog out to take a leak or he goes and shits in his, his the field next to his farm. Uh, you know, it, it's recording what's going on. Right. And uh, we have, we have too much of this for humans um, to actually, you know, it's too much time uh, for us to actually watch all of this stuff. Right. So you have Correct. the, you have these big software systems, um, Planeteer makes one, um, where it takes this footage, it just stores it. And then it, uh, using AI, it analyzes what's going on and creates a search searchable database of like human activities. 
So you could say like, okay, that's weird. The last guy that attacked us had on, um, you know, like a red shirt. I wonder if there's any meaning there. Uh, let's, let's go to our AI database of civilian activity, right. uh, yep. gathered from every aerostat in this, you know, province and see if we can find recurrent themes of enemy engagement, uh, you know, or things like that. Uh, and that's like a really, really, uh, creepy thing. Um, it's really weird. And, uh, like I've seen, I've been in the room where these things are, you know, being like observed on, uh, from the, uh, mm-hmm. how, how good is the AI? Uh, I'm not sure about that. That was, that was not my, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm low IQ. I'm always curious about uh, that. Yeah. yeah, I work work with AI on like a pretty much a daily basis these days and and it's disappointingly bad, but then again, I don't work with the government stuff. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, it's, uh, it's obviously not effective enough to win a war. Um, but (laughs) clearly, well, that's when you need the Elon Musk AI troops. Yeah, Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, so we have these things and we spent so much money on this stuff and, uh, it yielded like no result. Right. And so this is another failed like system where, you know, they don't, your average, you know, person in the middle East, uh, especially out in the rural sectors, you know, doesn't understand this stuff. This, this isn't like the panopticon is predicated on the the subject understanding that he could be surveilled and that there could be, could be a consequence of that. Right. So if you remove that, like if you don't understand that a security, right, both camera, of those things are lacking, both y- 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 right? So you, we're meeting none of the conditions required for this to be a system of right. control, but we're spending billions and billions and billions of dollars on these systems, right. hoping that there's going to be some type of positive outcome from a strategic standpoint and from a tactical standpoint uh, in kinetic engagements, which there's really not like every now and again, um, you know, these things would work out just as a direct system of surveillance where you would see people like uh, in placing IEDs on the side of the road, or you would see like armed people approaching like your position or that kind of thing. Um, but from the standpoint of like, okay, these people are, you know, under surveillance, you know, there's no understanding of that. And there's no idea that there would be consequences from that. And so they don't care, uh, <laughs> you know, which right. creates you know, but the problem is that, you know, they of course have systems of, of surveillance socially, right? The, the, you know, the Taliban has their own, uh, systems, right? That's why the women still wear burqas when they go outside. That's why. Yep. Absolutely. It it may be, it may be alien for us to try and, uh, unpack what those systems look like, but they most certainly have them. Right. And the, the frustrating thing is that we think less of them. We we think like, well, we'll look at this shit, you know, uh, this lady's walking around head to toe or in a carpet. Like how stupid is that? And it's like, uh, yeah, but the the thing is like from, yeah, it seems pretty effective. Yeah. yeah, From an efficacy standpoint, like, you know, the guy who's making the decision about this is not watching this with a camera, right? This is, this, this doesn't rely on the power being on. Uh, these people just understand that if you catch wind that you went outside without your burqa, you're you're put to death. Right. So it's it's a lot like masking culture. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, a similar dynamic. Uh, you know, I mean, they're literally both masks, right? Obviously the, yeah, it's, it's, it, it is really reminiscent. Maybe this is for a reason, but it is really reminiscent of the Soviet style of control, which yeah. is uh sort of a, yeah. your neighbor's yeah. going to tell on you for sure. Right. right. And, and I think uh, that's one of the ways that from a command strategic perspective, we, we kind of fucked this up because, you know, we thought, well, what could be cooler than this big blimp? Uh, you know, like it can see at night, 
Like, how do, you, well, how do you get one of those cushy jobs at the blimp division, man? <laughs> <laughs> Where you don't have to prove any efficacy to your job at all. No. And yet you're probably getting no, no. paid $200,000 a year to be yeah, the a, guy a, who looks at blimp footage. Yeah, it's a sweetheart deal. You know, uh, yeah, you know, and then so we figured like, well, this is like, uh, you know, this is a, this is a boon. This is a feather in our cap. This is great. And yep. it, you know, it, it was meaningless. Like it proved nothing. Uh, and we, yeah, totally, you know, really took our eye off the ball as far as, um, again, not, not from an ethical standpoint because, you know, but from the standpoint of like being effective, like, do you want to install a liberal democracy here? If that is our military objective, uh, you, you know, you're, you're not going to do it without removing the Taliban, right? Like it's cause they're going to be the guys who run the place. That's just it. So yeah, this idea, this idea that we were going to show up and, uh, you know, get the most, uh, milk toast of the Afghan people for the most part, um, to go along with what we were doing, you know, okay, well we, we did, right? Like there's, and you see those people, you know, throwing babies over razor wire fences right now, trying to flee yep. the Taliban. Like these are the mm-hmm. people that, um, you know, just weren't, you know, they weren't going to go up to the mountains with the Taliban and, and, you know, come out and fight us here and there. These are the people that are just like, all right, look, whoever's here. Um, and again, I'm not saying that to denigrate those people. I'm just saying that's the dynamic where it's like, look, this yep. is, these are the guys who are, you know, down the street with the tanks. Uh, you know, so that's who I'm going to listen to. And I know there's other guys up the mountain who have guns, but the tanks are closer. And so I'm going to listen to guys with the tanks. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, but that doesn't create, it doesn't create like a culture that, you know, will fight for itself. Right. It's, it's by it's like, like who did we subdue? You know what I mean? Like, what, <laughs> like it, it, we, we subdued the people who we would have subdued in any military conflict, which is the people who live in the cities. Right. Who are already far closer to, to what our culture is like than right. the individuals who live out in the boonies. Right. It was, it was meaningless, uh, you know? And so to, to posture it like, Oh, well, we've got, um, you know, like Joe Biden said, well, we've got 300,000, you know, Afghan national army, uh, and the Taliban's only right. 75,000 people. Well, Lee, that was four days ago, <laughs> four or five days that ago. Was three come or, on. Oh, that come was three on, or four man. days ago. Like, come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, you can't hold me to that. It was four days ago, man. <laughs> man you might can you again a, a blimp guy <laughs> fucking up goes to his boss you can't hold me to that man that was four days ago four days you think ago. that would work <laughs> right. like imagine you know like getting caught stealing stealing out of the cash drawer and he's telling your boss yeah. hey, 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 hey look man that was last week i mean it's last week man we've made the up the difference since then <laughs> it was last week what are you what are you talking to me about this shit for this is delusional man really truly delusional it is it is but but yeah i think that um you know, I don't, I don't know. I think this, like I said, asynchronous because these are similar things that are just existing at different times. Like the, the Taliban has systems of biopower. They, they have, you know, surveillance systems. They have these systems of social control. They do it very well. Um, right. And I think that was our miscalculation because. You know, the really are- troubling thing when I think about this is you, the United States military has been practicing uh, asymmetric warfare since the founding of this country yeah against the indians mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. the thing that didn't work with the indians was precisely what didn't work with the pashtun people yeah. which is 
what 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 can only work in a situation like what's going on in Afghanistan is you you can't defeat what's already there. You have to colonize over it. Yeah, slowly right. Right. over time. You you will never change a culture that is as strong as the Pashtun or as strong as any of the number of Indian groups that we literally concreted over. Right. But that's precisely right. the, the effort is you, the, the only way that this war could have been won was a reenactment of the most vile saga of American history. Yes. Yeah, like correct. We, us flooding in millions of Americans to occupy the territory quite in the way that the Israelis do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. You have to take the national viewpoint. You have to take the popular viewpoint and say, these are lesser people. And so we're going to kill them and we're going to take their shit. Yeah, slowly over time, prefer our own people, take their land little by little by little, develop it little right. by little by little. That's how you win. Now, of course, I'm not saying do that, but I am saying right, right, if exactly. you wanted to yeah. win, That's you would you have, have to done do. that. Right. And that, but and, you and know we, you couldn't do that because you would be reenacting the most vile saga of American history, which everybody right. in America looks at and goes, holy shit, that was terrible. Yeah. Now try right. doing that in the modern day with all of the cameras and the video. Everyone would see exactly what has always been the way to win and would yes. recoil against it. And that's how we would have lost in that way. Yeah, right. Correct. And I think um, – you know, I, I think that the only uh, the, the only other way to have approached this situation, um, you know, to go back to the Roman analogy, is to create uh, like a client state, right? Like if we if we had gone to the Taliban and said, "Look, guys, here's the deal," um, you know, we can come and go as we please here. Like, like, uh, you know, I get it that you guys run these mountains, but I, I can stay here for the next hundred years. It's not a thing to me. <laughs> yeah. Y you know, because uh, because it, it's not like, like, think about this. It's been 20 years. Uh, we had like 2,500 killed in action in Afghanistan across 20 years. Uh, you know, the Romans would have battles where they lost 50,000 men a day. Oh, God, they know. loved it. Just right, sacrifice right. more virgins, yeah. pray and... Send right. back out there, boys. Get, get, get back, back at there. it. You know, you're, you're silver men. Like, get back out there. Where's right. your virtue? Um, you know, and, you know, I mean, I, and, and, you know, people listening to this, like veterans, that kind of thing. You know, I mean, I've lost friends over there, too. I'm not saying that, that 2,500 people is, is light. I'm not saying it to, uh, you know, play that down. I'm just saying that from this sheer, like, butcher's bill, war of attrition standpoint, we could be there for 100 years. Like, like we, we've been there for 20 years and it, it had almost no effect on the day-to-day -day lives of the average American person unless you had a family member in the military. Uh, so we yeah. could have gone in and said, look, we, we can be here for the next 100 years, guys. And every day that I'm here is going to be an embarrassment for you. Uh, but I understand that Al-Qaeda is responsible for this, right? And I think if you guys turned these guys over to us, uh, we might be able uh, to reach an agreement where perhaps you guys help us by making sure that these groups that would seek to undermine your power to begin with, like Al-Qaeda, uh, get promptly and decisively turned over to us or put down. We don't care how you do it as long as there's no more planes flying into our shit. Uh, and in exchange for this, uh, we can turn on from time to time this giant fucking pipe of money 
uh, and you can use it as needed to make sure that you guys are the ones who stay in power here for 2000 more years. Are there other countries in the Middle East that we do this with? Like? <laughs> it's, uh, hmm. you know, eh, hmm. it's, Rings it's, a bell. A, yeah, right. It's a, it's a good question. And, uh, hmm. you know, so, so it's like, why didn't we, you know, that's like, that's not a new play, right? Like, <laughs> well, we, well, we did. I thought we did. I, I remember reading Scott Horton's book and, I, but I not with a big part of it was they were willing to turn. Well, they, they were, the yeah, they, they were right. They they were willing, but we didn't. We didn't make the Taliban the you know our clients. No, that right. But we right, also but, didn't accept their willingness to turn them over. That and which well, is well, right, could yeah, have been yeah. half of that conversation that was yeah. cut off in the first place. Yeah, well, that's that's a question. I think that's a a, a question of public sentiment, right? Like if you like, you know, I mean, if you're George Bush, oh. that's a tough sell. If you if you go out on September fifteenth, oh Jesus, you know, and you're like, all right, guys, we struck a deal with the Taliban. Uh, you know, that's that's not going to go over great, right? Uh, get some protests, mop up the protests here. They knew the World Trade Organization protests were up prompt for this shit you know what i mean like yeah like i mean how much will americans really put up against being manipulated on the global stage not much right not much. yeah yeah i think that that's uh yeah you know but but they didn't uh, with, do they didn't do it for the very obvious reason we knew the whole time it was a massive money maker uh that yeah that it was yeah uh no question about that for the uh, same people who pulled the trigger obviously uh yeah it wasn't a right. money maker for anybody else it was just <laughs> a money maker for the military industrial complex it's productive means so on and so forth i, yeah. I really it, it's a little hokey and probably a little early 2000s but i i really do believe it that the afghan war was whatever it was at first it very quickly became oh shit you can make a lot of money off of this yeah sure fighting this largely inconsequential to the to the to the foundational structure of the united states yeah but enough where news comes out every once in a while that manipulates the hearts of the people in this country Mm -hmm. to where they want to keep committing to it right i might be too simple of an answer but i really don't think so i mean we saw this with the afghanistan papers we for for you know the, the last 10 plus years we were just there to be there it was it was just like yeah just uh you know you guys just hang out i guess uh you know, yeah. be, uh, be productive. Keep, Easy to make uh, jobs, hard to take them away. And well, unless yeah. you pull a COVID mandate. Well, yeah, right. You know, but, but Maybe yeah, we I mean, should have just told the Af- Afghans that there was a COVID mandate. Yeah. Sorry guys. You guys, you gotta stay home right now. <laughs> we're look guys, we're all in this together. <laughs> <laughs> this is a global threat guys. Let's yeah. pull right. it back, play right. some, play some <laughs> soccer together. Right. What about grandma? You know, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> You guys aren't anti-science, are you? Man, how dystopian would that be? A poster, what about Abdullah? And it's just some guy who's got a fucking, it's a Taliban guy with an intubation. (laughs) Oh man, that's the, that's what we need for a, uh, for a Charlie Hebdo. We need, we need a drawing of Muhammad wearing a mask. I'm sure somebody, somebody has to have done that. I don't. Yeah, somebody definitely has done that, and I would definitely be like, you know what? <laughs> to the people who eventually seek reprisal from that, I understand. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Right. I'm, I'm with, yeah, I'm, we're all in this together. Just yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Really. All right. Well, uh, you know, I don't want to keep you too long. You know, we can uh, leave it there. Uh, appreciate you uh, taking the time. Come on, but I don't know. I think it's just interesting. I think idea about 
Yeah, it, it, no, definitely. I think you're absolutely right. I think, um, like you, you are ultimately you're hitting on. Uh, let me just make sure that I get his his name right. Um, there's an, uh, a famous historian um, named Sean. Uh, ah, Sam Huntington. Yeah, Sam Huntington. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a book called Clash of Civilizations. And it was um, meant to be a response to uh, Francis Fukuyama, who had famously posited that neoliberalism was the final stage, basically, of historical evolution. Every society in the entire world was eventually going to move towards uh, neoliberalism, um, global capitalism, open markets, quote-unquote laissez-faire, and that it was just a matter of time for every society before they advanced this stage. And, and that thinking informs, I mean, you can hear it a lot, a lot of the ideological approach of our military. Yes. A lot of it. Sam Huntington wrote a book not long after that book was published, which was a response to it called Clash of Civilizations, which was basically a big treatise on no... These civilizations that exist have been growing for as long as ours has, and they have trajectories they're going in, and those trajectories are going to fulfill. Nobody other than individual cultures that were primed for neoliberalism the whole time are going to be moving towards neoliberalism. China is a big one. He, he, He basically, his big center focus was China and the Middle East. And he was like, these China and the Middle East are never moving towards Fukuyama's idea of the end of history. They're never moving towards that specific thing. Why would they? They, as you've been saying, Lee, already have exactly the same developing systems in place as we do. And just presenting them with ours is not going to convince them to join over. Right. It's there. Why would it? So that was his big thing. He didn't call it asynchronous, but but you're you're right. That's what it is. The, these these cultures are moving in different timelines. They're not on the same timeline at different points of the timeline. They're in different timelines, and they're right. pro- tr- they're progressing towards their own final points. At which point, who the fuck knows what happens? But that ain't anytime soon. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, interesting stuff. I've never read that. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a great book. It's uh, oddly a standard book in any political science class to take seriously in school, which is already an insane statement. But they they were like, you got to read Fukuyama and then you got to read Huntington. You got to read those two and then make up your own mind. It's just interesting that the military only stopped at the end of history bit. You know, oh, man, so you mean every society can move towards neoliberalism? They were all believe that. And that, I think, motivated a lot of the uh, even the the bare idea that we could go into a place like Afghanistan and I don't know, like flap a a Playboy magazine at them and go, see, isn't this great? And they're all looking at us going, um, no, (laughs) not really. Right. right. And and there's a reason that the military recruits 18 year olds instead of 40 year olds. It's because, yeah, you you don't you don't know any better. You know, yeah, exactly. That's, you know. Sweet. Big sigh. Big sigh. Hell yes. Yeah. <laughs> 20 years sigh. Yeah. 20 years sigh, man. It, 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 it's a, it was a, it's a tragedy. Like, I don't, I don't know what else there is to say other than it's a tragedy and not just 
the Afghanistan war, but the entire mindset that has infected the West for I don't know how many centuries, which has convinced the West that it's it's a transcendent force above right. other you know directions of the planet, and it's not. Yeah, check out Timeline Earth. Check out Into the Cave. I got new music coming up. Got a new logo coming up. Going to put a couple episodes out. This will most likely be one of my several day release because I'm going to try and, you know, outdo what Car Campit did on his initial release, which was to release three episodes. I'm infuriated by that. So, you know, this will hopefully come out as a package of episodes to kind of uh, titillate the listeners. So, yeah, check those two things out. I'm going to be on... um, Keith Knight's podcast. I'm going to be on Pete Quinones' podcast in the near future, so just check all that stuff out. Uh, but yeah, that's that. <laughs>